Good morning, church. Good morning. I think everybody recovered from Thanksgiving. Um, so, praise God. Greetings to you all. Uh, for today's meditation, I would like to turn to book of Exodus, chapter 14, verse 13 and 14. Again, book of Exodus, chapter 14, verse 13 and 14. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you, hold, you shall hold your peace. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Jeff texted me, hey, do you want to preach, you know, the week after Thanksgiving? And my immediate response was, I don't have a message for the church. And I myself was in a place a little bit discouraged. To best describe it, I would say, you know, a bit of disappointment, sorted in doubt, garnished with discouragement, and finally smoked in fear. Um, you know, it's it's been one of those times you're like really don't know what you're doing in life when, you know, what is it, you know, you know, sometimes you hit those walls. I myself was going through that stage and, and I didn't know what to say. Like, you know, hey, I don't have a message. And I was, I said, I'll pray about it. Uh, to give a little context there, God asked me to step by faith into something a year and a half ago. And I did, and that gave me a huge financial stress. And it's been crazy last one and a half years. Like, crazy means it's been crazy. And uh, the words that came to my mind was this, the Lord will fight for you and you have to hold your peace. This is something I got very earlier in my life and I held on to it. And I went back to that passage and I'm like, God, you got to speak to me. So the message that I'm giving you today is something that a season of transition that I'm going in. It's very personal to me. I don't know who wants to hear that today. But God will speak to you if you are in that transition period. So the story here, to understand this, this part, you have to go back in time a little bit. You know the story of Joseph. How he become the second to the ruler in Egypt. His household was saved. The whole household was saved because he obeyed and trusted God and God raised him up. And the Egyptians gave them the best land. Said, hey, here is this part of the land. Bring your family. You can live here, right? You know the whole story, right? And that is how Israelite came to Egypt and they started growing and they grew and grew and grew. Then comes a point. This is years later. There comes a point. Exodus chapter two, verse 23 and 24. During those many days, the king of Egypt died and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God and God heard their groan. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel and God knew. So there comes a king that doesn't know Joseph. All he saw is 
a threat to his people. They are blessed. They are growing fast. They are, you know, what if they tomorrow turn against us? A fear. So what he does is, can, how can we oppress this people? So the best they could, you know, you know the stories, you know, he ordered them to kill the boys. They tried to be as harsh as possible to Israelites. But a very interesting thing happens. You know the story of Moses. Well, the Israelites is going through this phase of their life without, you know, they, you know, I'm pretty sure they weren't, you know, before they cried out to God, before they got to that point, I'm pretty sure they were not happy with what was happening. But I'm pretty sure, you know, from what I understand, they might have not that honest prayer for redemption until like things got like really, really hard. But one thing I really loved about how God works is God have already prepared a person to lead Israel before even they cried out to God. And that was Moses. And you know the story of Moses. And the best part is the Moses who's supposed to redeem them, supposed to deliver them out of Egypt was growing at the palace in Egypt. Their savior, their redeemer was already in the palace of kings of, you know, the, the Pharaoh's palace. So there comes a point, you know, they're crying out to God, God redeem us, this is too much, right? Um, and the next thing happens is the... God revealing himself to Moses. And through a burning bush, and this is what he says, Exodus 3, 8. And I have come down to deliver them out of the land of Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land of good and broad land and land flowing with milk and honey to a place of, Can- a place of Canaanite, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and Hivites, and the Jebusites. So that place they were in were not their permanent place. Because God had a plan for them. The plan was to take, bring them out of Egypt, out of slavery, into a land flowing with milk and honey. It's figuratively saying, you know, it's the most blessed place to be. And God asked Moses, okay, now what you're going to do is you're going to go back to Egypt. And you're going to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. You're going to be the leader. And you're going to bring them out. Because I remember the covenant that I made with your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If you know anything about God, you know that he will never not fulfill his promise. If he says it, he will do it, right? And when the cry was great, they cried out to God. God already were preparing a savior. And here comes the time for the Moses to go to Egypt and stand in the Pharaoh in the name of God and asking them to let my people go. 
You know, a couple of parts you read, you know, it's interesting how he goes, you know, he meets Aaron and, you know, he shares what God has put in his, you know, uh, what God has commanded him. And I'm pretty sure, um, you know, this is from a, this wasn't in the Bible. I'm just imagining the situation, right? You're crying out for help. And the next thing you see is a person coming with the message from God. How would you feel? You're really great. Okay, you know what? God heard our prayer. Here comes the guy who is going to bring it out of Egypt. But things doesn't go as they were expecting. He goes to Pharaoh and tells them, hey, Pharaoh, let my people go. It's the God who commanded it. He's like, looks like you have too much time in your hand. I'm not going to let you go. But looks like since you guys are like, you know, sitting around and talking about worshiping God, I'm not going to even give you the straws to make your brick. You're going to find the straw and make your own bricks. So it, he was even more harder than before. And this is what the Israelite says, Exodus 5.21. And they said to him, the Lord Look on you and judge. This is Israelite, you know, uh, complaining to the Moses and Aaron. The Lord look on you and judge because you have made a stink in the sight of Pharaoh and his servant and have put a hand, uh, uh, put a sword in their hand to kill us. The moment where they had hope, the moment where they saw that there was going to be a savior leading them out of Egypt. When things didn't go as they expected, the very next thing they did was complaining. You know what? It was better before you came in. You know, at least they gave us a straw. Sometimes in our life, when we go through that slavery part, we get so comfortable, we don't want to get out of it. When God is calling you out, okay, come out. Because I have a place flowing with milk and honey. You tend to stick around in your comfort. I don't know what that place is in your life. And they complained. And you know the rest of the story. Moses wasn't very happy. But then he went back to God. God. What are you doing? God said you know what? It's my word. I'm going to bring you out. And then you know the story of ten plagues. First, he goes to Pharaoh. He does the sign, a miraculous sign. He turned the water into blood. There was no water available in the entire land. And that is when they saw the hand of God working. They saw it with their own eyes, what God can do. But Pharaoh hardened his heart. He said, no, 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 it's okay, you, you can go. But then he changes his mind. God sends the next plague. The next plague. After the 10 plagues. Think from Israelite perspective. What will you do when you see with your own eyes 10 plagues for your deliverance? Will you be thankful to God? Will you trust him more? 
Will you love him? The last one was very hard in Egypt. The firstborn of every living creature there died. It was too much. The people said, we don't need those people anymore. Just get rid of these people. And that's how God delivered Israel out of the hands of Egypt. And when they went out, it wasn't like God was done with it, right? This large group of people going, Exodus 13, verse 21. And the Lord went before them by day in the pillar of cloud and led them along the way and by night in the pillar of fire to give them light. And they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night and did not depart from before the people. It's not only that they saw the miracles happening in their life in Egypt, even when they got out, miracle was constantly with them. The providence of God was with them. The hand of God was with them. Imagine seeing this huge pillar that gives you shade and that guides you where to go. And in the night, that pillar of fire. It's not a natural phenomenon. It's not like rain that happens naturally. It's a supernatural thing that they are seeing every day and night that is leading them out of Egypt. Nothing gets interesting. They get to a point. Exodus chapter 14, verse 10 to 14. When Pharaoh drew near, so to give you a context here, they came to a point wherein the Red Sea is in front of them. And the mountain ranges on both sides. And Pharaoh realized. He hard, God hardened his heart and he was like, nope, I want my slaves back. Why am I letting them go? Who is going to build all the things that I want to build? And he goes after Israelites. And very soon, the happy journey of Israelites, they take a look back and they see the army of Egypt following them. Pursuing them. And now they are at a point. They don't know what to do. Because they don't know where to go. In the front is a sea. They cannot escape to the left or the right. They cannot go back. And this is what the word of God says. When Pharaoh drew near. The people of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold. The Egyptians were marching after them. And they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us to, in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptian. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians that to die in the wilderness. 
Let that sink in. This is the people that saw God's providence. A leader that was going to bring them out of Egypt. Who have seen 10 supernatural plagues that cannot be described by any human intellectual uh, capacity. After seeing that they have seen cloud of fire and cloud of pillar. They have seen it all. And what they are saying is, wasn't there any grave in Egypt that you brought us out into the wilderness? And understand, it's not God. God was trying to bring them out of slavery to land flowing with milk and honey. And the moment things are not exactly the way they wanted it. This is like the most ungrateful people you can see. Right? Is it like we told you leave us alone. But God is faithful. In spite of who we are and how we do it. God is faithful. How many times you have asked signs from God? Are you one of those people who like ask sometimes, God, give me a sign? These are the people seeing sign after sign after sign. And they're the ones who is so unthankful. Seeing all this and like, no. It was better back in Egypt. You know, when I was talking to Jeff the other day, I was saying, I I made the statement like, I don't understand Israelites. They have seen so much miracles. They have seen so much providence, yet they go back to idol worship. And he made a very interesting statement. And how can they do that? That's what I said. And he's like, think about it. Probably they are saying the same thing about you. And it made me really think, we are just like Israelites. We have seen miracles after miracles in our life. We have seen God's providence. But the moment things doesn't go out the way we want, we complain. We are unthankful. And very interesting point right after that Jeff made was, they depended on those miracles and the message they received Through Moses. But for us. We have the living word of God. If Israel was to look at us. They'll be like. We didn't have the word of God. We didn't have Holy Spirit guiding us. Holy Spirit did not live within us. You have that. Through the death of cross. In Jesus. We have given the Holy Spirit. We have the word of God. And we do exactly what Israelite did. Sometimes we ask for signs. But the sign is in your past. We've been listening from the book of Revelation. And we learned who our God is. And he's not a puny God. He's the almighty God. All powerful 
He is a living God. It's not an image that we make. It's not a, you know, a statue that we create. He's a God who can see, who is an omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent God. And our trust is in that God. And when that God says, I'm going to bring you out of Egypt, you better back your bags. You don't have to question him how he's going to do it, when he's going to do it. Understand his power. Understand what he's capable of. We all say, you know what? I wish I had that kind of faith to step out and obey God. This is what I want to tell you. The building blocks for your faith lies in your past. If you look back on what God have done in your life. You can gather those blocks and build your faith. If you need faith, look into your own life. The miracles. Israel at one point was so used to the miracles, it was nothing crazy, you know, nothing more interesting to them. Yeah, you know, God does that. But in spite of knowing that, when they came to a point wherein they do not know what to do, they immediately bounced back and said, you know what? Egypt was better. And this is what God did, does. When they cried out, the first the, the verse I read, that is what Moses tells the people, and this is what God does. The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on a dry ground. When all they saw was a sea, when they all saw was a problem, they could have trusted God. They could have said, God, thank you for bringing us out of Egypt. Thank you for redeeming us out of slavery. We do not know what we are doing here in this place. We do not know where to go, but we know you will provide. We trust in you that you will open a way. It may be beyond our understanding. It's beyond our capacity to comprehend. We may not see how it's done. God could have done multiple ways to save them. God could have just sent a lightning and fire and destroyed all the Egypt, uh, Egyptians. He could have just froze the sea and they walked on it. There is a million other ways God could have done it. But God did the impossible. Even today, science cannot divide a sea. With all the technologies we have, I don't think anybody can divide a sea. And God did it. And they walked through it. They went to the other side. couple of takeaways from this is the faith you need 
is already, the, the, the seeds is already there in you. You need to grow your faith. And be thankful to God. Be, we just celebrated Thanksgiving, right? Now when we think of Thanksgiving, the first thing comes to mind is the food, right? Right? Everybody talk about Thanksgiving. I haven't seen anybody telling me, I mean, including me, right? Like, and it's, hey, Thanksgiving, we're going to have like a prayer session in the morning. You know, all the families, we're going to count every single blessings in our life and we're going to give thanks to God. And then we will have lunch. Everybody's talking about menu. Everybody is talking about how we can dial back the scale. It's just about food now. In the same way, sometimes we go through this motions and we just focus on everything else that we forget to give thanks to God. We focus so much on our problems. We, we understanding the transition is not easy. When you go from one season to the next season, the transition is like going to the wilderness. It's, it's not easy. It's hard. But understand, God is taking you from a place of slavery and bringing you to the land of milk and honey. It's up to you whether you want to trust him and thank him in every place you go. You know, God can work. God can speak to you and encourage you in many ways. Like one of the things that happened, I want to share with the church this week is, you know, this week, same thing, you know, the continuation of I'm, I'm, I'm strengthening myself in God and like seeking God. God, help me. Give me the faith. Give me the strength. One of my friends from India, she sent me a Bible verse picture in Hindi. And I read that and I'm like, wow. At that very moment, I was so, I, I was like, I was so much earning for God, speak to me moment. And she sent me a verse. And understand, she have never sent me a verse in my entire life. She never, we haven't spoken so long. She sent me this. I said, listen, what prompted you to send this? I texted her back. She's like, I don't know. It was a prompting that I needed to send this to you. And I'm like, this is so perfect. God can speak to you in the ways. See, that is where we have the word of God. Sometimes people will point you to the right word. And that is what leads you. I want to encourage you guys today on one thing. One thing that I started doing recently was, I, I tell my friend Divin, like, hey, when we're like, rock bottom, we were like, hey, we've been through the worst. We'll get what God will bring us through on this one. Right? Because we look back, we look back just within this last five years and we have seen God's work move mightily in the areas that we needed. So this is my encouragement to you. It's an old song. It, it really, I, I encourage everybody to sing this song that reminds you of counting your blessings in your life. And when you count your blessings and be thankful for that, it builds your faith. And when you have faith, you're able to go through that wilderness knowing that God is in control. I want you to hear the song. Understand the word, the meaning. Let that remind you 
of God's faithfulness is life. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord seem heavy that you're called to bear count your many blessings every doubt will fly and you will be singing as the days go by when you look at others with their lands and gold Think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold. Count your many blessings money cannot buy. Your reward in heaven nor your home on high. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged, God is over all. Count your many blessings, angels will attend. Help and comfort give to you to your journey's end. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has. I want to encourage you today the next time you're in front of the Red Sea what you need to do is look back and see all that God has done be thank God just give thanks to God name it one by one say God in this place in this time you saved my life in this day this time you were good to me you provided for me you saved me. How many of you thank God for His Son, Jesus?
every day, every walk of your life, you should be remembering that. Without that, there's no salvation. God didn't have to do it. But he loved us so much, he decided to save us. So every day of life, let's be thankful.